public service announcement regarding what we do here. Uh, as the state discusses and determines what the opening back up from this light lockdown is going to be like, it is doubtful that the immediate opening of the state will permit us to gather for mass still, since according to the government guidelines, it's still 10 or less. However, we here at St. Anthony, I have a team working on trying to figure out what we're going to do when we are permitted to come back to Mass, because it seems very likely social distancing is going to be required for the long haul. And so therefore, we're going to have to place within this church uh, place markers where you're able to sit to keep that six feet distance within the church, and phase two only allows 50 people to gather under one roof. So we might have to add more masses in order to accommodate everybody, if that is what's going to happen. Of course, the ultimate decision on uh, returning to mass is our bishop. And so uh, prayers will be necessary for our bishop and his team as they determine what is best for us as our governor determines what is best for the state. So just so that you know, that is the trajectory, and we have to trust in the Lord. Today we hear this gospel on this third Sunday of Easter, which is familiar to all of us, the road to Emmaus. One of the things we have to keep in mind is that for the Jewish person, Jerusalem, the holy city, was considered heaven on earth. It was the city in which the temple lived, existed, and the dwelling place of God was in the Holy of Holies. And so it, that is why every, many of the, the liturgical feasts of Israel required the Israelites to come back to Jerusalem to, to be present in that holy city, in heaven on earth, if you will. And so what we must understand and take to mind is that the Gospel begins with the first day of the week, so we're talking about Sunday. We're talking about the day that Jesus rose. Last week, we heard in the Gospel that evening. So we're sort of backwards. Now we hear what's happening in the morning before the evening event. And so here we have that very, that, that, that very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem. Why in the name of Pete are they leaving heaven to the Jewish mind? Now it's not like they did not know that something happened. Because when Jesus appears to them, what does he do? When Jesus appears to them, they tell him. He asks them, what's going on? And they tell him. And they say that they've even heard from some of the disciples, some of their friends, that he's not in the tomb. So why, why, why are they out to dodge? When all of this questionings exist, when all of this unknown is there, they're, they're dodging out of town. Crazy, crazy. And yet we recognize that even these men, men or men and women, whoever it was these disciples are, we know one was Clopas, Cleopas, but we don't know who the other one was, 
trying to further discern what's happening in our life, we jump ship. We abandon God, sadly. But that often is the case in our own lives, if we're honest as we reflect upon this. And so as they are talking about, as, they, as Jesus approaches them, but they don't recognize it being him, he asks them what's happening, and then they look at him with incredulously. Like, are you the only one who doesn't know what's happening? Or what happened in Jerusalem? And he asks them what happened. He asks them to tell them, to tell him, what is going on in their mind. Not what's going on in the world. What's going on in their mind? How are they describing it to him? What, how are they interpreting the events? And then once he hears how they interpret it, what does he do? He breaks open for them the Word of God. He breaks open to them the Scripture and shows to them that they had it wrong, they were misguided, and that they now have the, the God himself opening up to them the plan, the plan and the path of salvation history. Now this shows us something very important. This shows us something very important that we heard last Sunday. On that Sunday evening, when Jesus appears to his apostles in the upper room, he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. He gives those first bishops, the Peter, the first pope, and those bishops, he breathes on them the Spirit so that they can do as he has done. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So within our faith tradition, my dear friends, we need an outside source, the Holy Spirit, guiding through the teaching church to help us to interpret the signs of the times, which we as faith-filled in the church refer to the magisterium, the Pope and bishops in union with the Pope who teach with authority. It is the Pope and the bishops, it is the teaching church through the Holy Spirit that helps us to interpret the signs of the times, to help us like these two on the disciples on the road who don't know what's going on. And we recognize that as their heart, they may say their hearts were burning, as the Lord was sharing with them and elucidating to them the Word of God, the scriptures which they knew, and interpreting them to how they apply to the Messiah to himself, they wind up in their destination. I wonder how long it takes to walk seven miles. Probably for me, two days. <laughs> However, that's a different homily. The point, the point being is that, so they, so they were discussing this, that it took their whole almost time of their journey. And Jesus appears to be going on further, and they say, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. And as they, as they stay, as he stays with them, we see him breaking the bread. He said, uses the same, the same vocabulary that is used at the Last Supper. Takes, blesses, breaks, gives. And in the giving of that bread, they recognize Jesus. Now scripture says, and then he departed from them. He disappeared. No, he didn't disappear. He didn't disappear in the sense that we're thinking. His physical presence disappeared. However, he was really, literally still with them in the Eucharist. And so all of our longings, all of our 
Now we have a challenge currently because we are unable to receive the Eucharist. But we must remember that St. Francis of Assisi, that favorite saint of so many because he's an animal lover, which is really a discredit to Francis, because St. Francis was so much more than a lover of animals. He was so much more than blessing animals on his feast day. It is St. Francis of Assisi who recognized the need of the presence of God in people's lives. And at that time period, in the 800s of the church, it was uncommon practice for the faithful to receive communion daily, weekly, monthly. They often went years without receiving it because of their understanding of their imperfection in their life. And yet he knew they needed Jesus. And so the, what we do when we adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, that tradition begun with and started with St. Francis of Assisi. It was St. Francis who started that, so that the people of God who did not feel worthy enough to receive him would still be able to be in his presence and adore him. Now, we cannot get to church currently. We cannot receive the Eucharistic Lord. However, we, you and I, have the ability here at St. Anthony to go into his presence anytime we want, as the Eucharist remains reserved in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, which is available 24-7. And yes, there's a code on the door, and the code is 2096. Yes, I said it out loud to the whole universe. 2096. If you forget the code, it's the last four digits of the telephone number of the church. We're not trying to keep you out from, out from the Lord. 2096. Anytime you want, you can go before the Lord. You can be in his presence. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, you can stand before him. You can sit before him, you can kneel before him, and you can share with him what's going on in your life. The questionings you have regarding this crazy virus that is existing in our universe. That you can share with him your deepest desires and needs. And he will share with you, as he did with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He will illuminate our minds and our hearts to understand what is going on in our life. However, we have to do so with the trust and belief that he is who he says he is, the risen Lord. And as we recognize in this gospel, as Jesus explains to those two on the road to Emmaus, that the whole entire nuts and bolts of the Messiah cannot be separated from his passion, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. Because evil does not win. Evil is conquered. Christ reigns eternally in heaven. And notice, after the experience of the disciples on the road, what do they do? They go back to heaven. They go back to Jerusalem and share the good news of salvation. My brothers and sisters, in this current time and period of our history, we need to be instruments of God's good news. 
We need to be able to share the good news of hope that comes from Christ alone. We need to be open and we need to be present to those who are isolated in this like lockdown. We all have phones. We all have ways of contacting people. We can, call, we can send emails. We can send, call them on phones. We can send text messages. There are ways in which we, we can do to help people know that they are not alone and that Jesus is truly with them. That Jesus is present. On a side note, uh, if you ever have heard Monsignor Charles Pope speak, uh, he's on EWTN Radio, and he also has a blog from the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. Uh, Father Pope, Monsignor Pope, uh, is a pastor of an African-American parish in Washington, D.C. So uh, when he preaches his homily, he always ties it in with the good old gospel, gospel too. That's not me. And I'm not going to break into a gospel tune for you. But what I wanted to just share with you is that Monsignor Pope describes this gospel as mass on the road. Or mass on the road. Because what happens on the spiritual mass is the living encapsulation of the Holy Mass. On the road, Jesus comes into their midst and there's an introduction. It's the introductory rites. What's going on? What's happening? And then as, the, as they continue on that journey, they, that Jesus opens up the Word of God to them, the liturgy of the Word, which we see at Mass, with the homily that elucidates what the Word of God means to the current situation. And that leads them to the breaking of the bread, the Holy Eucharist. And so therefore, and we see at the end of this, uh, this Gospel, we see them going back out and going back to Jerusalem to spread the good news. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Which is what we're called to do. You know, when we leave church, we're not supposed to just leave church and go to the Dunkin' Donuts and get our coffee and donuts or get our breakfast. When we leave church, we're to go with the mind. Not that you can't do that. You can go get Dunkin' Donuts or have your breakfast. But what you're supposed to have in your mind when you leave is the mission. To go, the Mass is ended, and bring it into the world. Bring the presence of God's love and hope into this world of despair and hatred. Do not allow what's going on in the world to, 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 to enter into our spirit, our being. We possess the Holy Spirit. We are the temples of the living God. We are to rise above the worldly experience, to live that supernatural life in Christ, which can only be done, my dear friends, with, through, and in Christ. So you and I currently cannot gather together as a community to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. But you and I can recognize, first and foremost, receiving spiritual communion, Recognizing that God is not bound by space or time. And in spiritual communion, we can receive the living Lord in a spiritual way. Because God is both body and spirit, as we are ourselves. We can also go before His presence in the Eucharistic chapel. We can go before His presence here in this church, where He's present in the tabernacle. Because this church is open throughout the day. 
Again, it's only the door that's unlocked is the one that's closest to the on the hall. But all day, anytime during the day, you can come here and pray and be in the presence of the Lord and have your needs fulfilled. And we all have a Bible in our home so we can read and nourish ourselves at the table of the Word. We can allow the Word of God to touch us, to strengthen us, and to give us the necessities we need to help us stay firm and focused in our faith. So, my dear friends, as we continue in this journey, this journey of faith, this journey for all of us to enter into eternity with God, the angels, and the saints in heaven, let us be mindful that God is with us. He does not abandon us or leave us orphans. He is present to us, and He comes to us. He comes to us and is here for us. Let us allow Him to take our confusions, our challenges, our difficulties. Let us allow Him to elucidate them through His Word, so that we might be strengthened in our faith, we may confident, be confident in our hope, and we may be sharing of that love that originates in God alone. Praise be Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, 